And this is Jerry. And this is the third episode of the Great Expectations Podcast, which is on the wonderful Earth 2 Podcast Network, which we probably might not be a part of after they continue to listen to our episodes. It's fine. It's all fine. Don't worry. Just just go. Alright. So, I guess, um, since one of the things that was brought to my attention is that we don't talk about the X-Men enough, we should probably mention the X-Men more than the last time that we mentioned the X-Men. Or let's just mention it briefly at the beginning, so they think they're going to get some X-Men. That's true. And then the rest of the episode will just, we'll just be, be... us arguing. We could just beat each other off like we normally do. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Um, I could cut that out. No. Leave it in. I'll, oh, I'll leave it in. <laughs> oh, <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? I don't know. <sighs> How about them X-Men's? It's a pretty great. I like them. So, I decided, because I noticed over the first two episodes, like, my, uh, as I get older, my memory's not quite as sharp. Fair enough. So I've decided, um, a couple years ago I did this, like, reread of, I think it was when I finished, when I was a little kid, I started reading X-Men, like, in the late 200s, early 300s, and so, being a kid, I was like, man, if I can get from, like... 250 to the present, I'll stop there. Like, and I'll just continue. Like, I wouldn't buy any more back issues because they were just too expensive. Right. And then suddenly, like, I did that. And then it was like, well, I can probably go back to 200. And then it was like, I can probably go to 150. And then pretty soon it was like, I had a good job. And I was like, fuck it. Let's go all in. Let's get the whole fucking run. So I have a complete run of every X title from giant size to the present. So. Extreme X-Men, X-Men, X-Men Legacy, X-Factor, Wolverine, Excalibur, all that crap. Generation X. Uh, missing like 30 issues, maybe, from the first 1 through 66, because I don't want to pay an arm and a leg for reprints, so I'm not going to worry about 67 through 93. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to get them in trades, because like, trades are awesome, but there's something about like old comics... Yeah. Like, I like to think about what weird kid, like, hates his parents because he no longer has these comics, and I do. Like, if there was some old guy following me on Twitter who was like, fuck that Sean Pigeon, that's my <laughs> X-Men 99. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so I've decided for the sake of the podcast and for Jerry's sanity that I would start rereading everything from Giant Size X-Men to the present in order. And so, we're talking everything. Yeah, so when New Mutants starts, I'm going to start reading New Mutants, and then when Excalibur picks up, I'll start reading as though I'm getting the books every week during that time period. I will continue to read them all up until the present, and we'll discuss the good and the bad. This is going to be so um, awesome, right up until maybe issue 300, and then all the wheels no. will come off. During 300, it's gonna get gonna, crazy. Oh man, that's the it's right around the time period that Ileana dies. You're gonna get me all tearing up. 
Okay. If there's one X-Men book you should read this month, it's the one with Jean Grey cuddling Jubilee on the cover. <laughs> Doesn't that seem interesting, 12-year-old boy? Yeah. Well, I'm not, I'm not criticizing quality. I'll, maybe I'll do that later. But I love that period. I, Listen, I know you do. This, you can't fuck this for me, Jerry. I'm this, not trying to. All I'm saying is that the number of titles multiply almost monthly. Once you get into that stage, you get all those weird spin-offs and extra titles and... It's gonna be awesome. Well, it'll be fun. It's just gonna be really time consuming. That was my hated. What do I gotta do? Yeah, you got a good point. You got a good point. That's what I do with this and ride that bike. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, you can't take this from me. I don't want to. I kinda wanna join you. You should. I think, um, I might have to resort to some, uh, extra legal sources for some (sighs) of it. <laughs> but I, I do, I mean... Here's here's the question that I have, though. Should I... Because I don't have a complete run of 1 through 66. Like I said, I have most of it, just mm-hmm. not all of it. Mm-hmm. I think I have the first volume, or first two volumes, or whatever, in trade. I think, like, I start... I think, like, the first issue of... We're in my Marvel room right now. If anybody on Twitter has seen pictures of that, it's a safe, caring environment. It is. It's beautiful in here. And awesome. I think uh, I'll snap some pictures and put them on our on our oh, Twitter sure. account for those that follow you. Follow us at GXPod on Twitter. You should. Someday we should probably set up a Facebook maybe too. I don't know. Oh. But uh that's for old people. So you old people like me that follow the show, I'll set up something on Facebook for you. It'll be great. So should I... um Do you think it would be beneficial to go back and like... For the early ones? Yeah. What I think you should do, you've got a lot of great hardcovers on your shelves. I think you should consider just dropping some money on the Omnibus Edition. Yeah? Yeah. All in one hefty volume. Nicely bound. I think it's all in one. Alright, I'll check. If I can go that route. I just don't like the... I like the feel of the pages... I like the... uh, Like, I I can... Yeah, you don't get the newsprint in the Omnibus Edition. It's the nice... Yeah. Heavy stock. And like, I've got this weird fascination, and I'm totally wrong, I mean I'm mixing like my decades and whatever, but I like, for some reason I can only read like older Silver Age books at night. And I don't know why, but I've got this weird thing in my head where I like to imagine that like, some kid doesn't have a TV, so this is it, right? (laughs) So like, this is it. And he's like, terrified of fucking nuclear war, and like, just try to get into that Mindset, which is probably completely fucked, and I'm probably, like I said, off by a good decade, but I just imagine some kid huddled under a school desk. <laughs> all the sirens going on, reading I'm, X-Men number six. The Cuban Missile Crisis was... Say? I'm not going to guess what year, 62? <laughs> <laughs> I guessed, I lied. Somewhere in there. During the Kennedy administration. So this, you know, the Silver Age was... So maybe I'll go back. Just know. after that. It was birthed from that. Birthed. But so far, I've, I've, this past week or whenever from the last time that we recorded, I read Giant Size X-Men number one and then, uh, well, I guess at the time it was only called X-Men still to this point, 94 through 99. And, uh, it's interesting, like, a spe- I don't know, like, I don't know how you feel about it, but there's so much stuff that it's nice to go back when, like, this was it. Like this, uh, and, and as much as I love like the '90s that I grew up with, like the team, I love the blue and the gold team and stuff. Because like, that was like my 
team, because sure. it's the team that I first started reading. But there's something beautifully simplistic about the giant size team. Mm-hmm. Except for Sunfire, who's a fucking dick. <laughs> Seriously, know? he's not in the book like three panels before he's like, hey, fuck you guys. I'm out of here. <laughs> I, I, you know, they say that, uh, that opposites attract and that's probably why you hate him so much because you guys are exactly the same. That's gonna, this, this is my final episode <laughs> of The Great Expectation. I am the Sunfire of The Great Expectation. <laughs> no, fuck you, I'm the Sunfire. <laughs> you don't know. You're, uh, you're gonna be Warpath. Or Thunderbird. Yeah, even that guy. About six panels, I think I tried to count it the other night, where I was just like, alright, here's where he joins, and here's where he's like, hey Cyclops, fuck you, I am going to jump on top of this plane. You know, it just occurred to me that there is kind of a hidden message in those early issues where if you don't try to fit in to the (laughs) X-Men, you're fucking gone. You're either buried or you've quit. Everybody else got with the program, man. Professor I always, X, I always heard, that, and I can't, I'm not sure if it's true, but I always heard that they got rid of Thunderbird because he was too close to Colossus. Like, because he was strong, it would have been redundant. Oh, but not so, as strong or as invulnerable. <laughs> He's just a shitty, but also sort of like Wolverine. Yeah. Even, so I found like the most interesting thing while reading these, for me, is like knowing the history now. Mm-hmm. And then going back and reading them when, like, Nightcrawler and Logan don't... Like, I'm so used to that Nightcrawler, Piotr, like... Is that how you say it? I mean, I know it's Peter, but I mean... How Let's just say Peter. Peter? Okay. Because when you read it, it's... The internet's going to get you if oh, you try yeah. to pronounce it. <laughs> don't do it. Peter! All right. So, when like, seeing the friendship... Like, knowing the friendship now between Colossus, Nightcrawler, and Wolverine, like... Compared to back then when none of them knew each other. Yeah. It's bizarre. Yeah. And so, I, it, it, I don't know if it, like... Like, sometimes I think about it, like... Like, as I was watching the finale of Breaking Bad, I was like, am I going to want to buy the complete box set of this? Am I going to want to... Like, this is a heartbreaking, uncomfortable ride. Am I going to want to, like, do this again? Mm-hmm. And, like, I looked at it at the same with this, like, where it's, like... Knowing what I know now, like knowing what you know in that show, would you be would you find things more interesting in the show? Mm-hmm. Would it be less tense? And so that was kind of my feelings towards like rereading this. It's just like knowing what I know now. Like knowing now that like at some point in the future Beast is gonna go nuts and bring all the original five kids back to try to make it so that Xavier isn't killed by Cyclone. Like mm-hmm. when I think about that, I'm like, that's so like they have no idea. Yeah. And all this shit is coming. Yeah. Like, they're all like, oh. Yeah, cool. and, and you see just... what happens to characters, you know, in all new X-Men right now. You see what some of them are going through, trying to deal with finding out all that's happened to them. Yeah. So you as, the, like, the reader, like, I know that, like, poor Jean's only got... Two seven issues yeah. to go. <laughs> like, we're, we're, like, and that's another thing that I found really interesting was, like, how quickly Claremont started, like... Dropping the groundwork for Phoenix Saga, mm-hmm. and like plus two, the other the I love. We're not talking very much. I'm taking over, Jerry. No, I'm go. You're doing. Um, that. one of the things that I found really interesting too is like reading the letters page. 
Like, because you go through this phase where you're, I'm like looking around on Twitter and message board stuff, and I just, I'm like, holy shit! Like everyone's so rude to creators, mm-hmm. and just like, if I didn't like your book, I'm gonna like. I felt like a dick yesterday because like somebody was talking about Matt Kent, and they were like, I don't understand the hype about that guy's book, and I just tweeted, I was like. Only thing I've ever read is Marvel Knights Spider-Man number one, and I returned it. <laughs> like that's how bad I thought it was, oh. which is like the first time that I've ever. And I and I that's the only thing you've read of Matt Kins. Yeah, and like I okay, I didn't. This um, is a side conversation we're probably gonna have okay. fair about him, but I. I mean, not everything is for everybody, but I've got a few things you gotta read. Okay. Well, and, like, I didn't, it's not like I tagged his name or anything like that, right. but I was like, God, I hope he doesn't do a vanity Google search, because I'm going to feel like a dickhead. But, um... Some people do. I don't know if he's one of them, but some people, I mean, they've got, you know, if their name shows up, that's it, a bummer. it pings them. Um, so, but reading the letters in these old books, like, they're classy dickheads. Yeah. Like, they're really, like... It's just the way, I mean, it's the time period, it's the phrasing, it's the way that they say it, but it's almost like, I don't know how to explain it, but it's just like basically telling the creators to go fuck themselves, but in this really (laughs) 1970s way of just like, oh, it was bizarre. Yeah. People talk about the the time before the internet, you know, and how, how much easier it must have been and how there was less shit to put up with, but it wasn't true. There was just a time delay on it. I... I, and the pipeline to the, directly to them wasn't as, as easy to get to. But those letters were still showing up. Yeah. Well, I, like, I had a, um, after Dwayne McDuffie died, mm-hmm. I decided, like, after years of wanting to, to, like, send Scott Lobdell an email just going, hey, like, and explaining what his X-Men writing meant to me when I was a kid and how it, like, affected me becoming an adult. And, uh, because, like, my dad was a police officer in Detroit, and when you're in that environment, it can sometimes sway your opinion, you know, unfortunately. And, and that, so I was explaining that, like, um, reading the X-Men books and, like, the tolerance thing and stuff like that, I think it pushed me into a different direction than it might have other unfortunate family members, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. And so I was explaining that to him. And and because of Dwayne McDuffie's passing, I was like, well, if there was ever a time to, like, take stock and say that you like someone's work, it's, you know, after someone's passed. So I yeah. was, like, on this terror to, like, tell everybody that I like their books. And um, he wrote me back, and it was this really nice letter that he wrote back, and he talked about the fact that during that time period, basically before the Internet, like, he didn't have any idea whether or not people liked his work. Hmm. And it almost made me feel, because he told me in the in the letter, like, it was, I didn't say anything, because I didn't really read, I don't really read DC, but it was like, just so you know, like, I'm going to start, there's some big news coming with DC, which was basically the new 52, like, he didn't tell me, but he was basically like, I'm going to be writing Teen Titans, and I was like, alright, check it out, which I actually did. Mm-hmm. And, uh, just to see the way that people go after him on the internet is such a bummer, because it's like, that dude was the dude in the 90s, mm-hmm. you know? And it's just weird that now we feel this, like, entitlement to just, like, I don't know. I mean, I, it's just weird. Mm-hmm. Like, you should just be like, if I didn't like a book, I should just kind of be like, eh, I don't really like it. Yeah. You know? Like, I don't like some Sam Humphrey's Uncanny X-Force. Almost, mm-hmm. like, it's just universal that I don't like that book. Yeah. But I'd never be like, hey, guy, yeah. this is awful. Like, yeah. I just, nah, it's okay. 
Yeah, the only time I've ever done that was not with a comic creator. I think you probably remember last year's Tigers baseball playoff <laughs> oh, <laughs> run. Fucking bastard. <laughs> I do remember that. Yeah, when I tweeted the unfortunate Tigers closer of the time that I hoped he ate shit and died. <laughs> and you were mad because I said I wanted somebody to die, which is not the same as eating shit and dying. <laughs> but if he... No, I'm not even going to say that. But but imagine like, cause now it's like a tweet. Like I send out shit on Twitter where I'm immediately like filled with regret, and I'm just waiting for the day that like the bosses at my work are like, so yeah, <laughs> we've stumbled upon your Twitter account. Yeah, man. me too. And uh, they're gonna be like, why do you want Jerry McDade? Who's Jerry McDade? And why do you want him dead so bad? <laughs> and I'm gonna be like, well, have you listened to my podcast? Well, he's my friend, kind of. Um, <laughs> so, imagine how pissed you'd have to be to, like, sit down and write, I wish I had, like, tagged some of the letters so that I could, maybe I'll do that for the next time. Was, now actually, this, you've got, what is that, issue 99 in your hand? Yeah, so, but I mean, I don't know if this is one that has a particularly scathing letter, but... Do you remember there being feedback in any of them from Giant Size Number 1, and was any of it negative? In what? Like in the letters column, oh, you know, ninety four, ninety five. I'd have to go back and check to see if there was any. Like, I'm sure, but like that's part of the thing that makes me laugh is I'm sure that in here there is a letter that's like, I really love Thunderbird, but fuck Wolverine. Yeah, and it's just, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. if it's not printed in there, it probably existed somewhere. Yeah. Like, you have backed the wrong horse, kid. <laughs> well, I mean, not necessarily. They're, the Marvel Universe has thousands and thousands of characters. And I've always had a soft spot for Thunderbird. I never liked him more than Wolverine. But, you know, I I would have been in favor of him not dying. Bullshit. How can you have a soft spot for a dude that was in, like, seven panels? I don't know. But the, that's the thing. It's... He... I don't... He was pissed and... I. Maybe it was just my that, that time in my life when I was rereading Classic X-Men number one and, and I was, you know, mad at the world for something. And I was like, this guy is mad like me. And he's Native American like me. No, no, not that part. But you understand what I'm trying to say, right? He's just, he's strong and, like, nobody likes him. And, you know, he's sensitive. He gets angry easily. I'm not saying that's like me. You got a lot of information from seven panels before he stupidly jumps on an airplane. What is it with... Well, people really missed him when he died. Yeah. So that must mean he had something going for him. I guess. guess. I don't know. But... Man, I love Cyclops, but what a ginormous stick up his ass during this time period. Yeah. You know what else kind of, like, is interesting? Like, you... So... Banshee was already around. I love this time out. I love the way that Cockrum did Cyclops' visor where he's got the glowing eyes. Yeah. It's awesome. They never really bother with that anymore. No. Now he's got a big X on his head. (laughs) So, it's the first appearance of Nightcrawler Colossus Thunderbird Storm. Right? Sunfire Mm -hmm. had already been in the book. Banshee had already been in the book. Mm Mm-hmm. Logan was already an Incredible Hulk. So this is the second appearance or third appearance possibly of Logan, I think. He was in 181. He was in tiny panel in 180. 180. 181, 182, mm-hmm. and then gone. So this would be 
the fourth time he's appeared in a comic. I think that's right. Yeah. Okay. I just find it super... Like, granted, it's a 68-page story, but the back end of it is a reprint. Mm-hmm. So really, let's say that it's 47 pages here is what it says. So people getting pissed at Marvel for doing that these days right, should know yeah. that that's been going on a long time. Yeah. In fact, X-Men 67 through 93 is nothing but reprints. So... I found the most interesting part is like, okay, so Nightcrawler's the first one introduced. Page two, you get Nightcrawler. So Nightcrawler's introduction. Nightcrawler is a fan favorite. He's my favorite. He is a fan favorite. One, two, three. Three pages to introduce Nightcrawler. Wolverine, one, two. Storm, one, two. Colossus, half. Oh, no, he's got... Two and a half. Two and a half. Thunderbird, two. Like, you you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Now, now that would be two arcs. Yeah. That would be a year to introduce those characters. And they did it. Boom. Yeah. Awesome. It's a real bummer. Yeah, and, but the cool thing is they, you know, they spent the time laying the groundwork, getting them together. It, it didn't take very long, but... It's the next hundred issues of them really becoming a team. Yeah. You know? No, I mean, I, I got, like, giddy the first time that Logan calls Nightcrawler Elf, and he isn't even doing it in, like, a friendly way. It's just, like... Yeah. Basically, he's saying Elf, like, when I go, McDade! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so then they fight... How do you say... Crocaea? What the fuck? If it wasn't in the, yeah, if it wasn't in the cartoon, I don't know how to pronounce it. <laughs> well, I do know how to pronounce it in my Croquet? head, but I don't want to say it out loud. Krakoa, I, I believe, is the pronunciation. You know, Andy up at the shop is a Magneto guy. Is he a Magneto guy? No, he's. I'm a Magneto. <laughs> I'm a Magneto guy. He's, he's oh a yeah, I've heard him say this. I, you know, I want to say I always said Magneto was a kid too. Really? I think so, but. Uh, I think I must have heard it on a cartoon or something. There's I was a, like, oh shit. There's a wing song where Paul McCartney is talking about like Crimson Dynamo and Magneto. And I can't what? remember. I can't remember if he says Magneto or if he says Magneto. This is the first I've ever heard of that. Really? That's awesome. Yeah. No, I can, I'll Google the song when we're done here, but yeah. Okay, we have to use that as our opening. <laughs> Fair enough. Because I love... I went and saw Biffy Clyro the other day, and I was, like, listening to their first album on the way down there, and, like, got to a point in the record that I'd really never, like, hit before, and, like, it was always, like, the track after I would, like, go back and start the album over was mm. an entire song called Hero Management about Iron Man. And I was like, what? This is awesome. Ah. Anyways. Off topic. Let's keep it on the X-Men, huh? Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm looking forward to doing the reread. It's just, like, so then you go straight into, like, the Count Nefaria issues where Thunderbird, unfortunately, passes. And I think it's, like, 96 is the first time that you get introduced to Moira McTaggart. And it's just weird to, like, here's this person who's always been around during my time period of reading X-Men. Yeah, and mine too. Well established by the yeah. time I started reading. And then suddenly it's just like, oh, here she is, you know. Mm-hmm. And just 
thinking that at that time they were just like, oh, here's this Myra McTaggart lady, let's see how that works. And for her to become like an integral part, it's just really, I don't know. It makes, doing this has made me want to pay closer attention to like, I think as I got older, like, you, you know, um, Generation X was like the last group of kids that I cared about. Because uh-huh. I think I was out of comics during like my dark period when a lot of the new Academy X yeah. Kyle and Yost kids were brought mm-hmm. in. And you some, should give that another shot. No, I, some really. Well, I mean, you know by now, there's some really cool, like Rockslide. Yeah, really like Rockslide and and. Uh, and I mean, I've got it, so it'll be brought up in the, you know. But a lot of it just like I don't know. It maybe it just felt. Uh, it's me. It's not the stories. It's my reaction to it. But it's like yeah. I, even now with like the, the, you know, Bendis's Uncanny X Men like. Those kids that, that Cyclops is going out and finding, like, I found, I guess because I'm reading on a week-to-week basis that I've grown to like those kids a little bit more. I could do without one of them being called gold balls. I, I, one, I, I mean, I understand that they're comic books and it's all comic book science and stuff, but that whole gold ball power is just never gonna sit right with me. <laughs> I'm never gonna like that. Ever, ever, ever. I, I like the character. Like, he makes me smile because he's such a doofus. And I think if I was a superhero, that's probably how I would get my start. I'd just be a complete fuck-up. Yeah. Not, not up to the challenge at all. So I like that aspect of him. But um I hate his power. I just... I, I just find it hilarious. Like, energy projection I get, but matter projection to me. Guys like... Like, characters like Maro and... I don't know. It just... As a science person, it doesn't oh, that's work right. with me yeah. as well. I always forget. But Gold Ball is way worse than Maro. As far as that goes for me. You call her Maro? Maro? I, I guess it's Maro. Yeah. Like, yeah, that makes more sense. This me fucking, I'm a science guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was awesome. Thanks. Thanks, Sean. God damn it. Um, Alright, so we'll see you next time, maybe. No. What are we at? We're halfway done. Oh, alright. Yeah, I, I, this chair is really squeaky, isn't it? This is gonna pick up. <laughs> Yours is. Mine doesn't squeak at all, and I weigh 700 pounds. I must have, I, I put these chairs together late one night. This is probably the one that. <laughs> Your wrists were getting tired. <laughs> I just, I think like I put it together wrong. Like I put like the long screws in where I should have put the short screws in at one point, and I think one of them got stripped. So I think this part might be. Yeah. This is riveting. <laughs> yeah. When it comes to screwing, you're probably the worst. Oh no, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I know from experience, dude. Um. Where were we? Moira McTaggart. Yeah. Powers. Gold balls. Gold balls. I just find it interesting that you don't find that power believable yet. Like, a dude whose skin turns to metal. You're right, like, yeah, well, I, I try but to I, qualify it, but, I mean, for everybody's got their thing where they hit a wall where, like, I'm willing to suspend disbelief for a bunch of stuff, but this is just no, one No, I mean, I find myself doing that, too, with stuff, and then I have to remind myself that it's fucking comic books. Like, anytime I'm like, well, that doesn't make sense. I think part of it, it's just poorly illustrated. Like, where do they come from? Do they appear and, like, they... 
You are they fully formed coming out of him, or do they like come off of his skin, or do they just pop out of the air in front of him and he pushes them, or how the hell does that work? Let's not talk about it because he's not worth this much right. time. We're gonna have to have Bendis on at some point. Oh man. So, uh, yeah, poor Thunderbird, man. And those were, were like nefarious little. And I know one of these issues when I bought it, I opened it up. And it's got Cockrum's signature in it. Oh, that's so awesome. So that was pretty awesome. Yeah, I don't think you showed me that. I don't think it's in these. I think it's in a later one. But we're getting... That's a guy I would have liked to meet. Yeah. Sad story. I'm getting close to uh reading one of my all-time favorite comic covers, at least. Uncanny X-Men number 101, when Gene's coming out of the water. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah, you know, I... Like I, I think I said earlier, I read all those as classic X Men reprints with the Art Adams covers. Yeah. And, um, man, I know I, I have that reprint up there. It must be. Want me to pull it down? Uh, yeah, I want you to pull. It, oh, I see where you're putting it. Yeah, so I, I think I must have been. I don't remember when those started coming out. Maybe around Fall of the Mutants or something like that. And oh yeah. Awesome. But these are dated 86. So yeah, probably around then. But um, I'd never read any of that. Before the, the Dark Phoenix saga, I'd never read a single X-Men story. So to be able to finally go back and read that stuff was so great. Yeah, I got this issue. So I got Uncanny X-Men number 101 because um, there was this night where my mom and me late at night were driving over to my grandparents' house, which is like two miles over. It's the house that I sold when I joined the band. Mm-hmm. And uh so we're driving and I was young enough at that point to like still be um curious about why the moon followed me. Uh-huh. Okay? And so I was sitting there staring at it, dead silence in the car, and like twenty minutes into the drive, like I'm watching the thing, you know? And then finally I look over at my mom and I was like why does the moon follow me? And before she was like trying to answer me, and before she could answer, I go, "Never mind, I'll just ask Grandpa when we get there, because a girl would know." Oh, <laughs> and she told me later on that she wanted to kick my ass for that, and so she bought me this <laughs> issue because she wanted, like, that was the moment where she was like, "I gotta get this little fucker to understand that chicks can be powerful too." Yeah. So, Kicking your ass probably would have shown you that. <laughs> there was plenty of that. Glad you bought your comic books. So, just as a quick aside here, there aren't many Art Adams fans that are bigger fans of him than me. But Dave Cockrum's cover crushes this Art Adams yeah. redo. This this Cockrum cover is one of his best. I love it. You should all be looking at this right now, because otherwise, this is podcasting for two. It's. I think everybody could go to their computers and look up X Men 101, and take a quick look at this, and then they wouldn't be too lost. It's true. And then classic X Men number nine, if you want to see the reprinted Art Man, Adams. You know what? Reimagination. Talking about classic X Men with the Art Adams stuff, they when they did the classic X Men, there were always tiny little like vignette stories in the back. Yeah. And they re-released them a few years ago. Oh, you have that. I do. I've been wanting to pick that up. In two volumes. And there is one in here, which is fantastic. 
And I'm trying to find it right now. You know, I didn't care for those as much as a kid, but reading them now. Yeah. Uh, I, like the art style was probably a little too quotation marks grown up for me. Um, but they're fantastic. People that have never seen these reprints and have never read the X-Men vignettes, like you said, two volumes. First one's X-Men vignettes. The second one is called... Oh, they're both X-Men vignettes. Yeah, okay. it's volume one and volume two. So the first up. one collects Uncanny X-Men number one through 13, and the second one is 14 through 25. So these are kind of uh, between-the-raindrops, fill-in-the-blank stories, fleshing out some of the character moments a little more, especially involving Scott and Jean and Wolverine, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Well, there's, in that, um, chapter six in the vignette story is, uh, it's a completely silent issue. There's no... <gasps> Enough said. Yeah. And there's, um, it's just Jean basically at her apartment in New York City getting ready for her date the night that she becomes, the night that they get, like, taken by Dr. Peter Corbo. And, like, all the Phoenix shit happens. So it's basically her getting ready, completely silent, talking about... She's, like, looking at a photo of Scott, taking a shower, picking out an outfit. And then they go out on their date. And then at the very end of it, like, it's basically... She's got that dress on, that long black dress. Exactly. So it's her... So it's got to be, like, there has to be time in between this page and this page. But you then, like, the very end of the story is this shot of her apartment... And, like, everything's still in the apartment, and then there's a panel that's just an explosion in the distance, which kind of blows out the windows, and there's a shattered picture of her and Scott together. And then, you know, you know that that's when she rose out of the water as Phoenix. And this always hit me as this really, like, this girl just wanted to go out on a date with this guy that she was in love with, and now everything's fucked. Yeah. Yeah, these are her last moments as a regular mutant. Yeah. You know, I say, I want to say regular person, but which she never was, but. Yeah, yeah like, like, there's a choice here where they can become these people, they've learned to control their gifts, like they could grow up and continue on their lives, and, and Colossus and Storm and Nightcrawler and Logan can take over. Mm-hmm. And everything gets messed up. Yeah, I think, you know what, actually, I think the, the sound, the explosion might actually be the Sentinels taken off with him. What a bummer. These were great. You should all go get... If you're an X-Men fan and you haven't read these X-Men vignettes, eBay or Amazon it up. I don't know if they're available. Yeah, I'm going to look and see if there's a hardcover version of that because that would be worth that treatment for sure. But uh, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, I've I've read plenty of these types of stories before, lots of zero issues and minus one issues that just aren't very good and they, you know, it was a great idea, but they don't necessarily hold up as quality stuff. These are not that. These are, these really force you to look at the characters in a different light. And it's more like this would be kind of like almost like Hawkeye is now the, the Hawkeye fraction Hawkeye title, you know, where it's more of his, uh, who he is as a person and, and what he's doing outside of his costume. Yeah. Not that they're out of costume and all of it, but it really explores their relationships with each other and, and there's, that's, uh, Phoenix. Yeah. Phoenix interacting with Jean Grey, right? Yeah. Which you, you never see 
in the original story. This is all retcon stuff. Yep, and it is a bummer because you see Jean Grey like basically turning into one of the Nazis from Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> just melting away from the radiation. Oh, it sucks. Yeah. Yeah, she's slowly losing all of her hair. Well, I mean, pretty quickly, actually. I don't think I like the second volume as much as I did the first. I think the first was really strong, and the second one got a little... There's a pretty good Banshee one in here. That's probably because you're getting pretty close to the 90s at that point. Probably. Yeah. I'll bet there were some DC writers working on it, too. (laughs) I'm only doing that because I know that we have friends that are big DC fans, and they were bummed to hear us cracking on DC. Doug sent me an email. He was like, you guys are really hard on DC. Yeah. I mean... I've read plenty of DC comics. I have some in my collection. And for me, it was always... I just got to a point where I had to choose between the two. As a kid, I only bought Marvel, but I went back and started reading some DC stuff. And I just... I buy so many comics just from Marvel and, and Image. Some some indie stuff that I cannot afford to buy DC too. So for me, it was just like, make a decision. You're not reading DC anymore, so learn to hate it. For me, it's just because DC sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Zing. And we don't begrudge people that say that about Marvel, because they're yeah. stupid and they don't know. No, I, I have tons of people on Twitter who are all the time like, hey, Marvel sucks. And I'm like, yeah, all right. Fucking cry for me. Yeah. I'll continue to read good stories. You enjoy the Flash. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's so sad, because we know people personally that love the Flash. I just feel sad for them. Oh, it's fine. I get so much crap for my like of Marvel. I don't care. If you don't have fucking thick skin... Shouldn't we all have thick skin growing up as comic fans? All the dirt kicked in our faces as kids? Sand, sorry. Sand kicked in our faces. I remember it wasn't wasn't an X-Men thing, but the first time that I ever felt searing fucking deep down depression <laughs> was uh, I used to watch Power Rangers before I was going into school and when Tommy the Green Power Ranger lost his powers I didn't understand like the concept of fucking long form storytelling or that he'd ever come back but I remember when that dude lost his powers on Power Rangers I went into 6th grade like some whatever day of the week it was I was in the 6th grade I was sure you were going to say 3rd grade or 2nd no it was 6th man <laughs> Yeah, I was like, fucking listen. Oh no, poor this son. cool guy that sits in front of you came much later. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, oh god, dude, that killed me. I walked around like someone had just kicked, like someone had run over my dog. Yeah. All because of the green Power Ranger. And then he came back as the white Power Ranger and I was like, what the fuck? So I felt these feelings for nothing? I like Batman, the animated series. That was about Hell as far yeah. as I got into DC. I remember there was an episode where, like, he was supposed to be dreaming, but he could read something, so he knew he wasn't, and he was under a spell from somebody. And I remember the Mr. Freeze episode being pretty cool. Yes. But nothing is better than the tick. I still, every Saturday morning, wake up super early, and I run through my channels, and I look for the tick, and I'm always disappointed <laughs> when it's not on the air. <laughs> the hardest I ever laughed when I was a little kid was there was a tick Christmas special, and they were, like, fighting a bunch of Santas, and there was, like, a fucking tidal wave of Santas coming at him and Arthur, and tick whips around and looks at the television screen. 
And he screams, it's a Yule Tide! <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, but man, I must have watched that like a hundred times. That's good. That's How do we follow that? That's up? off topic. <laughs> oh, good digression. So yeah, so I mean, I guess like, I will continue to read on, on this wonderful reread. I'm up to issue 100, which is... New X-Men versus old X-Men. You've waited six issues for this. <laughs> so long. So, so long. You've See? written so many angry letters in crayon about how we just dumped the rest of the X-Men. Yeah. Wow, what would the timing of this have been? Uh, 97? Or 87? 77? <laughs> I'm so old. 76. 76. So... At this point, we'd already had the champions. We'd already, the new defenders are coming later. See, champions and new defenders are two things that are so completely far off my radar that I have no idea. Like, I don't even think I own a single issue of those titles. The, I don't think you need to ever go buy a champions issue. No. Really. Okay. I mean, I, right now, I haven't read every, every issue of it, but, so I can't speak definitively, but, I don't remember anybody ever telling me, you should read this issue of Champions, because that's when this happened. And yeah. maybe there were some moments like that, but it just seems so irrelevant. Yeah. You know, and maybe at the time it was fun and kooky or whatever, but uh, the art was terrible. I don't think anything important happened. So. Boy, bummer. What, Kill what, what time are we at right now? 40 minutes. Yeah. So, I'm going to continue on with the reread. Um, and we'll talk, I don't think we'll devote entire episodes to this, I mean, I guess it just depends on where exactly I'm at, but I, I guess we will check in with every episode of how it's going, I'll try to keep some notes and stuff. Um, so is there anything, I don't know, it's, uh, New York Comic Con is going on right now, so is there anything, are there any, like, newer X-Men books that you want to talk about for the next couple minutes before we shove it down, and, uh, any... Have you been paying attention to announcements? I have not paid attention to a single announcement. Do you want to know about some announcements? Oh, you know, I've heard about one announcement from you on Twitter. Yeah. A big one. It is. You want But why don't you go ahead? Um, One of the books that I love, obviously, for a very long time, was Peter David's run on X Factor, and we all knew it was coming back because he left some pretty open-ended clues. Towards the end of that run, and uh, it was announced yesterday that it is coming back with an all-new number one, and the three characters that they've revealed are Polaris, Quicksilver, and one of my favorites, Gambit, which I think is interesting, and I hope that it's not like, oh, we're going to kill Gambit right away. Because <laughs> I'd actually really like, because Peter David's one of those writers who, like, I, I remember hearing the story about when he first got X-Factor. He was so excited because he was like, fuck yeah, the original X-Men. And they were like, whoa, 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 no, no. <laughs> You're getting fucking strong guy. Wolfsbane, Polaris, multiple man. Yeah. So, uh, so I'm actually happy that, you know, he seems to do really well with the, you know, not top tier X-Men and turn them into, cause I'm sorry, but, I'd argue with anybody right now about Multiple Man possibly being one of the best X-Men characters out there. And he's that's certainly one of the most dramatically interesting characters. And that's all because David, of the way he's written them. Yeah. Yeah. 
And so I'm hoping that he can do the same things with Gambit. I'd like to have him a little bit more fleshed out. Because that was like one of my... I liked James Asmus' most recent run on Gambit, but I just had it, like, it debuting up against Hawkeye as kind of like the two solo books that they launched right at the time. It was like, Hawkeye's so fresh and weird and good, and the Gambit series just hit every cliche that I didn't want it to. You know, I was going to blame the fact that he went up against that, what is he, like some kind of tycoon or rich industrialist yeah. or something, and, you know, instead of a big bad, that would have been cool, but then I realized Hawkeye is the same thing. It's some street-level Russian mobsters. Yeah. They're nobody. They're guys in tracksuits. So I don't think that's the problem. It's just kind of uninspired. Yeah. It's a, it's a bit of a bummer. So I'm hoping that Peter David will do some good things with the character and, you know, yeah, be awesome from there. Elevate him to his rightful position of greatness in your eyes. And, uh, and as far as books coming out right now, I mean, along the X-Men universe, I, I'm, I'm super enjoying Infinity, even if it's really out there. And I don't mean out there, out there. I just mean that, like, Hickman's one of those guys where I think it... Like, I love Secret Warriors, but it was one of those things that I needed to continuously... Well, new issues of Secret Warriors are coming out. Gotta read the last five issues before I read the new one. Yeah. Especially when it started to tie into S.H.I.E.L.D., which I... Hello. (laughs) Please finish that one of these days. (laughs) Um, But I think Battle of the Atoms kicking the shit out of it. Yeah. As far as fun, like, Infinity's brand and has a huge scope and it's awesome. And I really like the last issue. Uh-huh. I don't know if you've read issue number four yet. Uh. Just came out on Wednesday, buddy. No, well then I haven't. You are in for a treat. And you're caught up to the last, you, you didn't get the most recent issue of Battle of the Atom that came out. Is issue two out? Or you, you mean the the regular issues, yeah. not the battle yeah. of the end. Yeah. No, I, I am. I think I we established them through ish, the fifth part. Okay, somewhere. Yeah, I think there. part six just came out on Wednesday. Okay. So I'm enjoying. It's weird because like I, it's been a while since I've seen like the alternate reality X Men type of story, and I forgot how much I enjoy that. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I know that, like, there was extreme X-Men and stuff like that, but, and the stakes felt high in that, but it feels more real mm-hmm. in this latest series. Well, they're in the, to... they're in the Core established books. 616 yeah. continuity, so yeah. that, that helps. And I always like seeing future versions and ultimate reality versions of characters. That's really Wizard, Iceman, X-Men kind awesome. of thing. You know? Yeah. But, I don't know. It's not something I'm super attached to. As a kid, I thought that's what made Days of Future Past special. Yeah. You know, it happened once in the X-Men, and it was like, holy shit, this is what's coming. So it was exciting, but then they started, I felt like they started doing it all the time, and it felt like the future was more malleable than maybe they intended it to feel like in Days of Future Past. Yeah. Like, they tried to fix it, and it was unclear whether they could or not after that. So, 
So yeah, it just seems like when they revisit it more and more, it's like, oh, we just broke somebody else's future. No big deal. Yeah. You know, but I mean, and they've been fun stories. You know, the Age of Apocalypse is one. See, that's you uh, know, Exiles is always was always a fun title, but I don't know. I, I wish they had never gone back to Age of Apocalypse. I was fine with Remender going back. Because mm-hmm. um, there was a level of respect that he had. Because I liked that Age of Apocalypse was like, here we are, it's four months. I mean, we'll we're devoting probably two episodes to Age of Apocalypse, or mm-hmm. possibly more. Because I just find that that was done before the internet. There's a lot that we can explore with that. But I liked the fact that Age of Apocalypse ended. Yeah. And when they went back, like, for the 10-year anniversary or whatever, I have those issues, and I just ignore them. Mm-hmm. And I thought Remender did a great job of going back. And, I mean, it needed to happen, you know, for that storyline to play out the way that it did. But I wish they never had that series they mm-hmm. had that came that came out of Uncanary. Just some stuff, like, I just wish that they'd leave alone. Yeah, I don't... I, I know I read that... I don't remember what happened. In yeah, it. that's why they should have left it alone. Like the, <laughs> yeah, that's a bad sign. But I'm just now reading Age of Apocalypse for the first time, for as part of this whole what? revisit. So it's interesting. I mean, the idea of some of the greatest names in comics like getting their start in the industry during this series. Plus, is, you have to when you're reading it, just remember that like. No one knew any of it was coming, or that it was wasn't yeah. permanent. I mean, when I saw that, like the ad that Xavier was, there was like an ad for Xavier's funeral, and that all the titles were. I remember going into my comic shop on Wednesday, like pedaling my little bike up there, and the lady behind the counter was like, "Just so you know, all those books are getting canceled." I was like, oh, it's the fucking Green Power Ranger all over again. (laughs) (laughs) Climbed up to my roof. My parents were like, what are you doing? I'm like, it's not worth carrying on anymore. And it wasn't like one of those things where it was like, oh, this will be over. Because I think everybody thinks like, oh, that was like, oh, a month. That was not a month. That was four straight months of every week. It was dark, depressing. Your characters were dying. It was awesome. Yeah, well, it's it awesome now, right? Of it. You were probably struggling with it at the I time. I was struggling with it at the time, because it was too long. Like, at the time, it was a little bit too long, just because by the fourth month, you were like, I want my heroes back, and yeah. I'm tired of seeing Cyclops as a bad guy. And yeah. We'll talk about how badly I fucking mutilated my toys when we... Because I didn't think it was coming back. Like, I was yeah. like, oh, I guess i got to chop my Wolverine hand off. Well, even now that we're we're grown men's and we know it's always coming back, even when they make big changes now, it's still in the back of my head. I'm like, but what if it doesn't come right. back? And I still get freaked out when they, they do crazy things like cancel Uncanny X-Men and shit like that. Yeah, the renumbering. That always bummed yeah. me out. Mostly I, I hate the renumbering, too. Complete collection. I know. But I just, for the record, I want to say that I think right now, in this past year, the X-Men are in a place that's as good or better as any time that since I can remember. Back to, God, I want to say like 220. Yeah. Uncanny 220. You know, I mean, they're just, it's been good at times, but I never felt like it was more than good. You know what? 
I'm saying like, okay, we have our disagreement about Grant Morrison's run. Some people thought that was really a high watermark. And uh, Astonishing, when Joss Whedon was writing it, was great. I really enjoyed that. But people forget that there were two other X-Men titles, at least, not counting the Excalibur relaunch and uh, Extreme X-Men wrapping up before that. And, you know, all those other titles that, that are just, the quality was not where it is now. And I'm not, not saying that every every title now is good either, because there are a ton of X-Men titles that probably don't need to exist. But in general, I think it's getting more careful treatment, and they're at a more interesting place with um, with uh, Aaron and Bendis working on it. Yeah. No. That's probably... Like, when Aaron started Wolverine and the X-Men, I was like, here we go. Like, this makes me... It made me feel like I was a kid again. Yeah. I think he deserves more credit, probably, than... I mean, Bendis has done great stuff, but, I, you know, Aaron laid the groundwork for some yeah. of that. I love Schism. I love that crossover or like event or whatever mm-hmm. I thought that was great like the past couple of years has been a really great time to be an X-Men fan so Schism was weird to me I felt yeah. like they acted the opposite of what I would have expected so it was and you know maybe half the people disagree with me it's just an opinion I'm not saying that Wolverine would never act that way or something but as far as my expectations of where I would have thought they'd end up at the end of it, I would have expected the opposite. You know, I, and I, I think it shows how far Scott has fallen. You know, one of the series that I actually don't think gets enough uh, love, which I was reading last night, was the first couple issues of the newest Wolverine series with Paul Cornell mm-hmm. and Alan Davis on art. And yeah, I've been found many fans of it, which is a bummer because it's really good. I like it too. And part of, like, the the inner monologue that was going on in the last issue was just basically talking about how since House of M, when Logan remembered who he was, how, like, that's been the change in his personality. Mm-hmm. And how knowing how knowing his past affects his actions in, like, a complete way now. Mm-hmm. And, like, growing up in the environment that he did, is that, is that what... Like, knowing all of that and what happened to him, and now having that information, is that what pushed him into the school? Because, like, one day it's just up, Logan's going to be the headmaster of the school. And when I read that, I was like, that's a really good explanation as to why he's gone down this path. (laughs) Why he's slowly becoming the Xavier and stuff like that. Because, I mean, I always thought it was going to be... I always thought that if X-Men ended, like, if there was ever a point that it would end, it would be the, um, you know, Walter White... Breaking Bad final shot with Cyclops or the, you know, Jack from Lost final shot. Mm-hmm. Like, that's... I always felt like X-Men was told from Cyclops' perspective, and now it's taken this weird shift where it's interesting to see Logan, the guy you never expected, suddenly becoming Xavier. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's because he now remembers everything and understands, yeah. like, the... Something he never wanted before. Every right. time they'd ask him to lead, he'd say, no, absolutely Yeah. Not. I'm not the right guy. So, yeah. Uh, you know, I'd never put all that together, that Cornell stuff, but that, I like it. And I, I, I think I like that they explored his past in the last 10 or 15 years or whatever, going back to Origin. And then the Origin, Wolverine Origins yeah. series. I really enjoyed all that. I know a lot of people wanted to see it left alone, but, I liked it, and I wish they would have embraced it a little more. 
instead of taking half measures like they have with um I'm gonna blank on his name, but when they they did the the little mini with the the weird doctor guy, the flesh manipulator that was like pulling Wolverine's memories out through his nose, like digging into his brain and destroying. Oh, was that like Doctor Rot? Doctor Rot, yeah. I couldn't remember his name, but um, I can't I can't think of the writer's name either now. Well, it was Jason Aaron. No, that wasn't Aaron. Yeah, it was. It was who's the guy writing Fearless Defenders now? Colin Bunn. Uh, Colin Bunn wrote that. Really? Yeah. And Paul Pelletier drew it, but uh, I was I was bummed that they kind of were undoing it, you know, like they were like, oh, we're, there are some memories we are gonna delete, like the fact that you were dating this chick out of nowhere. And I must have missed the the point where he started dating that Melita woman because that just kind of happened. I think that was Aaron's run. I'm sure I must have read it, but I I just didn't see that relationship build to where, like, it seemed really important at some point that their relationship was big and serious. Yeah. And then they, and then Bun disintegrated it. I think it was, I think think it was just them trying to establish roots to lead into the Gene Gray school. Mm -hmm. If you hear me get up, I'm just walking over to bookshelves to try to find what Jerry's talking about. Hopefully the room contains it enough so I don't sound like I'm going away. No, you sound great, Sean. Thanks. I guess that's all I had to say about that. No, I think, well, because I'd like to talk about that, like, because Aaron had a really great run with Wolverine, that Wolverine Weapon X title. Mm -hmm. That was really good. And there was a great, like, the final issue of that was Logan fulfilling Kurt's, like, dying wish, like, something that he wanted him to do if he ever passed away. Oh, that reminds me. We were going to discuss announcements. One of them, the Aaron's new X title, which will bring back the return of... That one's been announced for a while. Yeah, the Amazing, but that wasn't X-Men? Amazing X-Men. Yeah, it wasn't... Yeah, it's... What is it? It's Aaron and who's drawing it? I couldn't tell you. I have no idea. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, it's Ed McGuinness. Oh, right. Sad that he left Nova, but I'm glad he's doing an X book. Yeah. That'll be fun. No, I'm really excited about that one. I actually pre-ordered two copies of number one, because I'm like, it's the return of Nightcrawler. <laughs> one will get framed and put up in the comic room. So, what else have they announced so far? Anything uh, X-Men related? There had to be some other X-Men announcements yesterday, but I think I was most excited about... Probably more today, I would imagine. Inspector, today, I, all I saw was a lot of Avengers titles. Oh, like, God. There's a book called Avengers World, which is a new Hickman one. Um, there's a new Secret Avengers. There's something else. There's Black Widow. Replacing Wind. the other one? I, I hope so. Yes. <laughs> um, I know there was a new Black Widow Announced like an ongoing Black Widow series, so mm-hmm. look forward to that for nine issues. There have been some. Was that, was that too cynical? I've enjoyed every like Marjorie Liu had that one that came out around the time of Iron Man two. I really like that. I just you know, they're not all keepers. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, I suppose I should have probably looked into the announcement thing more. You're into it. You know what's going on. It's all being. It's weird. I feel like uh, now that I've switched my um, comic shipment to monthly, and I'm so far behind, I've also stopped looking at announcements and and following 
you know, since I fanboy went under, even before that, I kind of stopped going to the site and following what's coming. Yeah. I just let, uh, the, uh, previews show up. I look at what's in previews. I don't read any descriptions. And, uh, I just try to guess best what I'm gonna like based on the creative team. And try to find out as little as I can about what's coming because there's too many spoilers in it. See, I take the previews catalog. And I just draw a big line through everything Marvel, just right down the side. <laughs> I'm like, give me all of it. Yeah. And then I don't even look at the rest of it. <laughs> that's that's like 99% true. <laughs> <laughs> Is there it's anything really non-Marvel that you read regularly? Um, My favorite non-Marvel title is Casanova. Yeah. And well, it's a Marvel title now, kind of. Yeah. Icon, right? Yeah. Hopefully. Does Icon still exist? I'm not sure. Cause I think, I don't know what's going on. Cause I, I, like, they announced the Icon title, they put out one volume of Casanova, and then like suddenly Fraction was announced in a bunch of image books, so I don't know yeah. if Casanova would revert back to image, I don't know. It wouldn't surprise me if he makes the jump back. Yeah. He seems pretty happy over there. Yeah. I know it, there's, there's a little part of me that's concerned. There seem to be a lot of people who are Pretty happy over there right now. Yeah. Well, hopefully the next generation of these guys that are blowing up at Marvel are are going to be as good. Because they really had a group that came up together. Yep. The architects who have have now left. But uh, hopefully the next group of architects so, uh, are coming. Brubaker killed Banshee. He can go. Yeah, as far as Brubaker goes, uh, I don't think he did a ton of favors for the X-Men. And I'd love to hear from someone that listens to this to just list off what Brubaker did to make the X-Men a better place after he left. I, I, I liked, cause I wasn't reading, like, regularly at the time, but going back, I liked Rise and Fall of the Shi'ar Empire, and I really liked mm-hmm. Darwin. Yeah. Um, other than that, it was but pretty I don't, memorable. I think it was pretty memorable because he fucking ruined Professor X. Wow. He ruined Giant Size X Men number one for me. Reading it at the time, selective I, I really continuity, en- buddy. Hell yeah, you could do some selective continuity. But at the time, I really enjoyed all of it. Unexpectedly, I, I didn't know it was coming, and I was like, "Holy shit! Look at all this stuff. This is awesome." But knowing now what's come out of all of that, yeah. the change in tone regarding. The, the origins of the X-Men, you know, where they came from under what circumstances they came out of. It, I just feel like there was a dark, like, it seems like, uh, Xavier's school was like a creepy molestation house now. That's what it feels like. Not some cool <laughs> school that you send your kids off to and they learn they have all these, it's, it was like Hogwarts to me before. Tell, and now tell it's- Tell me more about these molestation houses. <laughs> It's just, I, well, I'm not gonna tell you now. Is that where you're going? I'm gonna show you later. (laughs) We're gonna close up shop. I'm gonna, gonna no, this is gonna be a molestation house, Sean. (laughs) I've alerted the authorities. Okay, so we're at about an hour now. You wanna wrap up or you wanna? I want you, right now. I feel like now is a good time to stop. Now I really want Chris Hansen to just stroll into the Marvel room and be like, Jerry. 
we have this transcript. There's six cops waiting outside my front door to tackle you when you go to leave. That's all right. I knew when I left my house that this was coming. That it was a risk. It was worth it for you people. Yeah. So I don't know. We got a next episode. I don't know if we're gonna have guests yet. We yeah. got we got to sit down and we're gonna work up a schedule. I touched base with our first scheduled guest. Yeah. And it doesn't sound like he's close to being ready to appear. So we might have to move on to plan B. That bastard. Is he okay yeah. with us moving on to plan B? Uh, I didn't mention it, but he's going to have to be. I think he'll get over it. He's busy enough. He's too busy drawing comics and watching Tigers games. Yeah. Too many hints. <laughs> too many hints. Everybody's going to know exactly who it is. So, uh <laughs> all right. Well, let's see. Is there anything else we want to say before we go? No, I think that's pretty good. All right. So um, tune in next time to hear me talk about how awesome the beginning of the Phoenix Saga is. Not the Dark Phoenix Saga. The Phoenix the Saga. Phoenix Saga. And we're bi-weekly, right? That's right. You yeah. should be hearing from us about every couple weeks or twice a month, depending on how you want to slice it. Yeah. And we're the summertime X-Men schedule during the 200s. <laughs> And they're like, those little bastards are out of school. Let's take all their money. Yeah. Goodbye.
didn't need anyone but me. I sincerely thought I was so complete. Look how wrong you can be. The women I've known, I wouldn't let time my you. They wouldn't give you the time of day. But the still I'm lady knocked me off my feet. God, I was a glad I found her. And if it was worth, I could turn to you. To help you on the way down the road. I couldn't quote you no dickens to share your Science guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>